TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and gee whiz, I'm excited and I'm grateful because uh, the great man, Dr. Damien Christoph, has sprinted down the highway to hmm. get home. I didn't speed summer, I promise. No, I it was just no. a nice leisurely Nice yep. leisurely stroll down the highway. 50 k's an hour, yeah. Uh, to be home for this very special uh, edition of 100 Not Out. Uh, you've just been in practice this morning. Dr. Damien Christoph, welcome to your podcast and my podcast, 100 Not Out. Thank you, Piercy. Thank you for uh, being available again today. Given that normally we'll be doing this on a Wednesday, today's a Thursday, um, and I'm feeling for Ella because Ella is up in Byron Bay right now. So Good part of the world. Uh, Chasing the sun and the weather, although it is sunny, it's cold here in Melbourne town right now, um, but it is great to uh, to be here with you again. Again, you know what? Yesterday, I was filming a TV commercial and uh, actually two TV commercials for a great chocolate brand, which we'll talk about at another time, um, but I was talking about the benefits of um, cacao with the richness of the magnesium and the flavonoids and trying to educate around chocolate. Uh, so... Um, I was thinking as I was talking to one of the guys. Uh, one why of don't the, you just out the them? Why don't you just share them? Give them a bit of free love and tell everyone what you were doing. It was a very special day. It was. Why are you so right. coy? So I, I shot two TV commercials yesterday for Panda Chocolate. There we go. Um, or Panda Organic is is their now their new name. Uh, Panda Organic, and we did their. Um, we spoke about their um, hot chocolate, and we spoke about their. Uh, new chocolate bar that actually breaks like real chocolate. So it's not that mushy chocolate that I hate. Um, it's the beautiful, crispy, nice chocolate that. <laughs> <laughs> nice noise. Good sound effects. Ah, oh, so good. Anyway, so I'm so excited for that. Buddy Kate's here. I saw that. Buddy Kate. It's always nice when your family come along. How good's that? And then, um, so I was doing that. And I was chatting with one of the uh, the. The, the guys are helping out with the set and um, and I, I presume he's working in lighting. I'm pretty sure that's what his part was. And he was quite fascinated with longevity and he, he knew quite a bit about it. And uh, and so it was quite cool. So we're just talking about different things. And then he said, you know, you know a bit about it. I said, yeah, I do. I, I've been running a podcast for four years, 420 episodes. Um, and, you know, I love it to bits and I'm fascinated by it. He goes, oh, what did you find? And and I told him, and it occurred to me that you and I have a lot of discussions that aren't necessarily um, straight from the horse's mouth of a centenarian. Uh, and so whilst we still have um, interviews and interviewees that are 100 years old um, and and we get a chance to uh, interview people who are aging well and aging gracefully, much of what we share these days is based on philosophy. Uh, and that's because – the, the interviews that we've had along the way and the things that we've spoken about have actually impacted the decisions we make around longevity and health and well-being and so on and so forth. And so I wanted to share with you all today that 
the, the reason why Marcus and I have these discussions is more around getting you and helping you to think more about the decisions you make that guide your health principles as opposed to being absolute and prescriptive about it. Uh, we're trying to help you establish your own philosophy, not ram a philosophy down mm. your neck. Uh, we're helping you make decisions around how you want to live your life or how you choose to um, manage your health and then you know experience health outcomes. So that's really the reason why Marcus and I continue to have these types of discussions um, without actually topping up our knowledge um, from centenarians. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're not going to do it. In fact, we have got an interview lined up in the next couple of weeks with um, Isabel Wallace. Uh, she's a great centenarian. She turned 100 years old in December, December 27, and um, she's a great Melbourne supporter. Uh, she's the person who put us onto Noel. And, uh, the great and Melbourne we'll, legend, Noel McMahon. Yeah, Noel McMahon, and, and, we'll be, and she's also a Melbourne fanatic. Anyway, she's got all of her wits about her, and we'll be interviewing her. That's actually Amber's grandmother. So we'll be interviewing her in the next couple of weeks, and I'm excited about that. So we will get wisdom from the, old, the elders of our community, but this is all meant to help you frame your, um, your philosophy, if that makes sense. It's a very good thing that you say, and uh, you know, two things I just want to add on top of that. Um, if we did interview a centenarian every week, it in many ways it would just become um, not confusing. But if we didn't take time to digest uh, the wisdom that our guests share us, there would be no philosophy because it's just everyone's personal experiences. And you know, one person has three coffees a day, another one is a vegetarian, another one's never had vegetables, another one, you know, moves and runs marathons, another one does this and that. Like it's so varied that uh, yes. it would be overwhelming for the listener but i think what you haven't told people is you and i have actually discovered the secret we do know that it's a certain blood type a certain dna sequence and a certain diet we just don't want to tell anyone because well quite frankly we just want to keep this secret to ourselves so there is a 100 not out diet there is only a certain type of blood that makes it to 100 and there is a certain matrix of uh genes that you need uh but it's just a secret we're not telling anyone it's a secret herbs and spices yeah. Um, and we're keeping it to ourselves. We're going to patent it. Um, we, the couple of double blind controlled studies we've got going on in uh, the US at the moment, and uh, we're going to we're, we're really going to um, distill our knowledge into a magic pill and sell it to the world with a secret that this is the fountain of youth, and this is really Thank what you. the agenda of the podcast has been for eight plus years. The future's injections. There's no pills. It's just injections. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're going to live a long time. <laughs> That's it. it. I can't help but laugh at some of the headlines I see in the newspapers these days. But anyway, Sorry. that's a conversation for another day. Now, um, I'm so thrilled for you, Damo, that uh, that the wider health and wellness industry is beginning to recognise you even more as the doyen uh, of the industry <laughs> uh, and the work that you were doing. And I did chat to you yesterday after your full day of – television recording and it and it made me miss my TV days uh, no more. I have no, I do not miss TV. You spent eight or nine hours recording 80 seconds of material that will get on TV and that is infuriating for for myself. I won't say it was infuriating for you. You did say you had a wonderful day but uh, I love yeah, podcasts. I had a great day. I it was radio. an enjoyable day but, 
you know, Wednesday's a golf day. So I gave up golf to go and record these podcasts, uh, not podcasts, these these uh, TVCs. And, um, you know, I don't give up golf for much, but so it had to be good enough to be able to do that. So it was, it was good. It was, you know, it was worth it. And I'm looking forward to, you know, helping people understand more about the benefits, not necessarily of, of this particular chocolate, but the benefits of cacao, because there is, you know, great benefit. But there's other things that I'll be talking about. There's a new TV show that's coming out that I'll be part of. And, um, and we'll be talking more about the impact of lifestyle and uh, just, you know, different approaches, much more around my philosophy on your health and well-being. So I'm really excited about I don't, that. I don't know if you're being coy or humble, but uh, I kind of love it. I see you squirming in your seat. I've just realized I haven't – I've told you, but I haven't told anyone that comes on our Facebook Live. Some people may have seen this. It's been a little bit on the quiet. I'm not going to be humble and coy. I've got the very first copy of Your Exceptional <laughs> Life just sitting right here. Yeah, um, so good. It's it's uh, it's real, and this is as I've said, and I told this to you the other day, Damo. And I'm just going to read it to all of our listeners because it's one of my favourite lines in the book. It's in the acknowledgements, and uh, it says, it "says if I can find it, there's a few pages in this book." It says, "To my brother from another mother, Damien Christoph, your fingerprints are all over this book. If you never agreed to co-host 100 Not Out, who knows?" What would have happened? The guests we have interviewed, the people whose lives our podcast and events have impacted, and the experiences we have enjoyed together have all stemmed from your willingness to come on board. So thank you to you, Legend, and to all of our listeners that make this podcast possible. Mm. Oh, thanks, Piercy. Yes, and thanks to everybody that uh, that joins us each week and listens, uh, joins in on Facebook, uh, watching it, goes to YouTube and watches it. Um, you know, downloads it via iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're getting it from. Um, it's really great that you support us. So thank you. Now you had a you had an event this morning that I'd love you to provide some context with. We had a chat mm. off air um, mm. about uh, a gentleman who shared a story with you. Uh, mm. It's really important, given that particularly where society is at the moment. Um, I think it would be enlightening for people to hear what you heard this morning. Um, mm. Would you be happy to share, just in general terms, so we don't out anyone's uh, privacy or identity, um, what you, yeah, what happened um, in your life this morning? Yeah, look, I, you know, we, there's a lot of discussion around at the moment around um, harassment and bullying um, and um, discrimination and so on and so forth. And Australia, like it or not, uh, like I suppose the bulk of the rest of the Western world has become very politically correct, um, but only to, to within their, you know, each other's limits. You know, so it's only politically correct um, to what's universally accepted or widely accepted. I wouldn't say universally accepted because universally that would mean that everybody, um, whereas widely means a majority or the loud minority. So um, what happened today was I had somebody come to my practice who had been suffering from headaches for a long period of time um, and was um, rushed to hospital to understand what could have been the cause for this uh, or went to hospital to understand what could have been the cause of it. Uh, a routine um, imaging was done on the brain to try and understand whether or not there was brain swelling or a pathology. Of course, um, in this situation, um, that, that actually they did find something and that's an appropriate thing to, to do and they identified that there was a rare um, dysfunction or connection between a vein and an artery that needed to be 
blocked off because that was high risk of hemorrhage um, or high risk of uh, of bursting, uh, which could then cause death. And so, of course, you want to get that fixed. When they corrected that, they said, look, we found this problem. We've fixed it. Um, that should get rid of your headaches. Uh, job done. Anyway, fast forward a couple of weeks, headache's still there, problem not gone, um, medication use still elevated, and so on and so forth. And um, this person then said to uh, the neurosurgeons and the people at the hospital that they're going to try a whole host of different approaches to try and manage this and to get on top of it, um, and that would that would probably include chiropractic. And the neurologists went, hang on a second, we don't recommend that anybody sees a chiropractor. And then the next person that this person spoke to at the hospital said, hang on a second, we don't recommend that people go to chiropractors. And it was just this blanket, biased, belligerent, discriminatory comment uh, based on no evidence or zero evidence, um, but maybe some unconscious bias or potentially conscious bias of dogma that they learned in the first week of first year of medical school that's kind of permeated the health industry that means, or not the health industry, the medicine industry um, that says don't see a chiropractor because they're dangerous. So anyway, all the red flags were all gone. There was nothing wrong, you know, no reason why I wouldn't, you know, help this person out. And so I did what I did. Um, and my feeling is that we'll get some results. That's the first adjustment today. And so I don't know whether or not that's going to be, you know, good. But this person was petrified because of lies and mistruths and distrust from a profession that's positioned itself as the experts um, in health, um, but have a very limited, narrow viewpoint of what healthcare actually is. Um, in fact, to the extent that they've limited it to drugs and surgery, um, and maybe a little bit of, um, you know, counselling, um, if you know, if it's done by a qualified doctor. Um, but there's other people out there that are qualified as doctors. So as a chiropractor, I'm a doctor. As an osteopath, they're doctors. As a Chinese medicine specialist, they're doctors. As a dentist, they're doctors. As a podiatrist, they're practitioners. As a physiotherapist, they're practitioners. So it's all we've all got skills. Um, but there's biases attached to each of those skill sets. And, and and I got frustrated by that. Actually, not frustrated. I just thought, you know what? That old dogma that kind of just hangs around, dogma is the belief in something that doesn't exist. Um, that belief system uh, that, that's still permeating medicine is limiting people's access to care. And I think it's important that people understand that because of a philosophy of health that chiropractors hold, that is limiting um, medicine's acceptance of the approach that chiropractors would take to help manage someone's health or symptoms. And it's because of a clash of philosophies that this actually takes place. So not because of any other evidence or research. I was going to ask you a broader question, but I would actually think it would be wise to almost go back into philosophical workshop mode and uh, ask you to share with people the holistic approach to healthcare that you could you can interview centenarians about this and they will share with you a similar philosophy and you can interview uh, people that actually do have a holistic worldview rather than a, a mechanistic or a, or a single single lane uh, worldview like one way or the higher reductionistic but share with us the analogies or the examples when when uh, of holism so when might someone go down the medical path and then when might someone go down the um, 
uh, rehab path or a natural health path or an alternate path because I think it's really important that people recognize that even in this conversation, um, yeah. we are not being discriminatory. We're inviting we're inviting teamwork. We're inviting a holistic worldview, a collaborative health philosophy. Uh, yeah. And as kind of this is an extension from our episode last week, not to get stuck on the point of science and yeah. to recognize that there are two other points to the triangle being yeah. art and philosophy. So can you share how that holism works for someone like you that has a, a holistic uh, view of health? Yeah, totally. Uh, absolutely. Good, great, PC. So for me, um, you know, the things, the choices that you make on a day-to-day basis um, should move you towards a symptom-free lifestyle, essentially. And then from time to time, things will come up that create symptoms. But the understanding of what those symptoms actually means then probably determines who you might go see. So you need to have someone who is your trusted advisor, your trusted practitioner, who or a, a confidant who might understand health to an extent that they would say, you know what, that's this symptom and that because that's because of this, right? So, Sorry, and you the, might also have a mentor like a mum, a dad, an auntie, an uncle who actually yes. is also empowered with their health. And if yes. you're a child at this point or a teenager in your 20s, they go, go and see the physio or go and see the GP or go and see the chiro or go and see the massage therapist. Um, yes. Just to add that in because a lot of people are, are kind of guessing at the moment and what you're saying is don't guess, find yourself a trusted advisor. Yeah, and try to avoid Instagram and Facebook for those answers because, <laughs> and Google. Like, try to avoid that stuff because you're not going to find accuracy there. We well, might, but it's just risky. So you're better off actually speaking to someone that's trustworthy um, and not saying that people who are social media trained aren't trustworthy, but they're just, just you know, potentially maybe not. Um, it's a different brochure. It's just a different yeah, brochure. Different brochure, yeah. yeah. Now, because I said Google, um, I've got music playing in the background, so I've just got to tell Google to stop. I'm saying, okay, Google, stop. Um, so <laughs> they're always that listening. Is too good. Always listening. So, did she hear me? <laughs> she heard me. Uh, and so, oh, I don't I think know. So. Anyway, so then where I was going. So, if then something happens, you want to know who you got to go to. So, when Marcus had an accident and broke his collarbone. Um, the suggestion was to not go to the chiropractor. In fact, his initial thought was definitely not to go to the chiropractor. In fact, or go see his wife to get adjusted. It was to get to the hospital and to get that fixed and set. Um, if somebody broke their leg, I would expect that they would go to the hospital and get that sorted out. If someone had an infection, um, that was that's a massage therapist. Infection definitely go to massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to the massage therapist. Well, yes, go to the massage therapist, but not for the infection. Um, you might go to the doctor, the GP. They might give you some antibiotics um, to help manage that. Or you might go to your naturopath um, or your nutritionist. And they might give you an approach to manage that. If the infection is getting out of control, uh, then you need to escalate the management of that to get that right. So th- that's really important. So to understand that there's ways in which you can manage things at a really easy level, at a more complicated level, and then at a like a very important life-saving level is is crucial. And to understand where medicine actually fits into that, it's somewhere up the top, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of escalation of Im- importance, not necessarily. Uh, of urgency, the, and I think it's a bit urgency, escalation of urgency. The more urgent something's become, an accident, yes. bleeding, broken, yeah, urgent, yes. Then some, medicine system, is system failing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's where you escalate it to medicine because medicine is great at that stuff. 
but you don't want to use medicine in a preventative model um, because there's side effects and consequences for taking or doing things that block or remove the processes of other things. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you're taking a pharmaceutical intervention, that will be blocking the process of something both at the point of um, where you need to block it and then also downstream and upstream where you don't need to block it. And so th that's what we would call a side effect. So we get the effect and then there's side effects. Um, but interestingly, the use of a medication could involve, could include only effects and then the side effects of the effects of that particular medication that you didn't want. Mm. Um, but they are actually effects. So, you know, for example, a blood pressure lowering medication, the effects of that are X, Y, and Z. Um, and one of those effects is to lower your blood pressure, but the effects that we don't want to have happen that will actually happen are considered to be side effects. Um, and those things happen. So uh, we would say manage that approach from a nutritional approach and a lifestyle approach first. And then if it needs to be escalated for urgency, because it can't be brought under control in order to give you longevity and to help you live a long time, then we would use medication to manage that appropriately. And you'd see your specialist for that, your medical specialist for that. But from a chiropractic perspective, we would discuss the lifestyle associated, manage that, managing that appropriately, but that's a philosophical approach mm. to doing that. And I'm going to be philosophical and uh, jump on my high horse very quick, smart, and hop off just as quick and say that in society, we, we escalate far too quickly. We are panic-stricken. Yeah. We're outrage-stricken. We go from, you know, grounded to off the charts escalated very quickly. Yeah. And that's not just in medicine and, and in and use of medication. That's in everything. That's in picking fights and arguments and and going straight for a bottle of wine instead of a half a glass and we can't just have one beer anymore. We've got to have a six pack lock. Everything is just so escalated. Absolutely. Um, so then I think what I'd love to ask you um, is once escalation has occurred, and we do need to wrap up in, in a minute, but we escalate, okay? Again, I fall yep. over, break my shoulder and the rest. But once the escalation has occurred, medicine has done its job, it is time really, well, if you if I use my personal experience of whatever it was 12 years ago, it's time for rehab. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused in terms of once they've been to the top of the mountain, how do they descend? Um, mm -hmm. Can you share with people the role of not just chiropractic but physio, naturopathy and exercise physiology and the, the, the variety of health professions available to support people in in that process yeah absolutely just be just what because one therapy is ceased it doesn't mean that everything's back to normal you might be symptom free um and symptom free is good you know that's kind of where we feel comfortable um because part of the part of our nervous system that feeds back to our brain comfort um ha has been quietened so for example the, well, I'll explain that. So the part of the nervous system that you feel is the somatic nervous system, and then there, which is peripheral. It goes it's generally outside of the central nervous system. And then there's part of the nervous system which is called autonomic or automatic, and that part of the nervous system manages the flow and function, um, the speeding up and the slowing down of organ function within the body. So you've got the somatic component, which you feel, and you've got the autonomic component, which you don't feel. Um, the symptoms that you might feel as, as a result of the um, autonomic nervous system going mental are all associated with the somatic nervous system. So let's say, for example, you had a coffee, your heart rate increased, you can feel your heartbeat pumping out of your chest. You're feeling the sympathetic um, 
activity of your nervous system increasing because your somatic nervous system uh, is feeding back to the brain the increase in blood pressure and the increase in your blood in your heart rate so they speak to each other but most of us only rely on the somatic component of that which is what we feel and pain is about 2% of all of our nerve system function so pain doesn't tell us a whole lot but 98% of the rest of the nervous system doesn't um, speak to pain it speaks to function and movement and so on and so forth so when you've had your surgery, you've had your intervention, you may be out of symptoms. You may not have symptoms, but your function may not have restored or returned to normal. A classic example of that was today I saw somebody, she had an infection, she got on top of the infection, she went to the myotherapist, the myotherapist did what he had to do, did a great job. As a result of the myotherapy, she moved her lymphatic system and then all of a sudden she got the infection again. And so this is a classic example of a therapy stimulating or stirring something up that was low grade, no symptoms. She'd become symptom free but hadn't cleared the infection properly yet, but she was symptom free. So she wasn't yet clear of the infection and then it all escalated again and then there was this question, why did I get sick again? It was, wasn't that she got sick again, it was just that she hadn't got better properly yet. Mm. And so just because she was symptom free didn't mean that she was well. And we see this too with people that – die on a tennis court at the age of 30 and you kind of go was that person well or was that person sick and the reality is well they were symptom free but internally they were sick mm. and so we go we need to understand that so physios chiros osteos in the absence of symptoms might still be helping the person out um, and naturopaths and nutritionists we might still be helping people out in the absence of symptoms but we're trying to make you or help you live a better life because we're improving your function if that oh, makes sense. it's another it's another wonderful deep dive into philosophy demo which i've thoroughly enjoyed thank you for bringing your personal experience You're to welcome. it as well and again well done on your contribution to society very happy that we'll be able to see you on the mainstream very soon you can be as coy as you like but uh, <laughs> we look forward to seeing more of you uh, in the future. To everyone, uh, you want to find out more about Damo, head on, head on over to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. Big shout-out to all of our, our legion of uh, community members on Facebook, on socials, everyone that listens to this on a podcast or you might be watching it on the 100 Not Out YouTube account. We love you. We thank you for your support of the podcast. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.